I gave you the choice between the Padres winning the World Series and one free punch at Dean Spanos, which would you take off the top of your head? Um, oh, man. I, that, is, that is such a tough call because obviously, like, me hating Dean Spanos and wanting to visit harm upon him is, like, <laughs> one of my biggest sports, like, aspirations. But I don't think like it is, and I'm sure many, many San Diegans would get a lot of joy out of that as well. So it's not like I would be denying them joy just by making a personal call like that. Um, but I think that like those, those titles are, I, I feel like there's nothing I can do physically to harm Dean Stanos that he hasn't like emotionally done to himself with his sense. <laughs> wow. So like, I feel like him being such a failure and a laughing stock within the NFL circles and sports worlds in general is, is like worth more to me than the fact that I'd be able to punch him in the, in the <laughs> face. So I'll, I'll take the, the world series uh, from the Padres, I guess. Awesome. I, I love that answer that I, I didn't know that there's like an element of almost self-loathing to, to the, to what he's done over the past few years where He's like tried to prove himself to the other billionaires and then just come up lacking in every single way that that's a perfect way for him, given what he did to your city. Yeah, exactly. And like, he's, he's like really like everything you thought about him has like kind of come to light. He's like, Oh, maybe he's like some sneaky genius and he's actually pulling off some great maneuver, but no, like he moved the team up to LA has less fans. No one cares about them. The team's not even worth that much more, if at all, hmm. um, than they were in San Diego because they don't have a stadium. <laughs> They're just <laughs> Rams. And then on top of that, internally, even within his own family, he's like clearly kind of despised and not respected. Hmm. As his sister came out publicly and said, "Like we need to sell the team to pay off our bills." Huh. <laughs> they, they oh, wow. like, it's like we committed all this money to charity and we're going into debt to pay it off. Like what we need to sell this team because <laughs> um, I, you know, <laughs> he's like throwing a tantrum. But I was like, we're never selling a team. <laughs> uh, we just need to get through this rough patch. And I was like, when, when are you going to build a stadium? Dean? And you're not going to be able to do it. Like he could have more easily build a stadium in San Diego, even with all the, you know, you know, obstacles there than he could now in Los Angeles on his own. It's not like, cause I mean, at least the Clippers, um, Steve Ballmer is one of the richest men in, on earth he's going to build the the Clippers a new arena so they don't have to share the Staples Center with the Lakers anymore. So, like, Dean Spanos is the furthest from, huh. from Ballmer, both in, like, caring about his team and also financial decisions. That's, that's amazing. Like, like, you hear so many owners, like, pretending to cry poor publicly so that they can get, you know, public money for stadiums. But Dean right. Spanos is actually turning into, like, Johnny and Moira from Schitt's Creek. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Hopefully with no redemption arc. No, no. Not at, I mean... <laughs> At, at this point, is there any luck for him? That's... I don't know. Just, just slowly being dragged into bankruptcy by <laughs> the, the inflation of, of, <laughs> of time. <laughs> you can find him at like an Inglewood motel at some point five years down the road. Just, just Yeah. Yeah. Do, I don't do you... think he'll afford it. It's, it's gentrifying too quickly. He's... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. So he'll... he'll... Yeah, in, in kind of an appropriate twist of fate, he'll be pushed gradually closer and closer back towards San Diego. Yeah, I know, right? As the land value he's on increases and he can't afford it. I love it. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, do the Padres have like a baseball villain on that level that, that you aim for at this point? You know, it's tough. I mean, like the, the Dodgers are obviously our biggest rivals, 
now and like always have been like this time we're actually competitive so like <laughs> it's not just like the Dodgers saying oh yeah and the Padres as they battle the Giants or whomever for uh NL West supremacy but yeah like the I mean we had some bad fallings out with Matt Kemp and and uh Adrian Gonzalez mm-hmm. um so I've, I know a lot of Padres fans who hate individual players who've left on bad terms um and like past owners and managers, but nothing, no one like that we like always have just like held on to other than like Scott Brocious who killed us in 98. Yeah. The, the, the Yankees third, eighth batting third baseman who's <laughs> had the series of a lifetime and killed our hopes. Um, but yeah, like historic, like certainly historically we've had enemies, but nothing that comes to mind right now, I guess, other than Bauer, who's like a true, piece of yeah that, that's a good enemy that's, that's yeah, yeah like a piece of shit yeah yeah like he's okay like i said i didn't want to know if i could yeah. swear oh yeah like, no, no language rule here this is a comics podcast so. yeah like i think he should have been in jail before i heard the actual crimes yeah. He committed. oh yeah <laughs> like like he's been telegraphing this shit for yeah. years and years based on just his twitter behavior toward every woman online mm-hmm. so so yeah and honestly uh we're gonna i was planning on digging this into this later but since we're here right now um, my favorite Fernando Tatis moment of the year by far was the two home runs he hit off of Bauer where he clowned him by covering his eyes and then doing the stupid flap wristed strut at, at the uh, second one. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, he's done better than, than anyone in the league, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there is no more deserving target. And, uh, yeah, yeah let's, jump into that after the show open here in just a second this is the three strikes are up podcast the outsports baseball podcast episode number 83 i'm ken schultz contributing writer to outsports baseball prospectus and stand-up comic the other voice you are hearing is a friend of the pod stand-up comedian and longtime padres fan john ozalay is back thank you for being here sir oh thank you for having me love it it is a pleasure to talk to you with your team doing as well as it is at this point uh yeah i wanted to have you on because uh Anybody who's been listening to the pod frequently knows I've been going off just about every other episode about how Padres Dodgers has utterly lived up to the hype in the oh, yeah. preseason. And you have been to a Padres Dodger game. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask, like, what's the difference in this year going to see that as opposed to you kind of mentioned in years past where the Dodgers would just kind of view them as uh, just a team we have to get through to play the teams that we actually care about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it is fun to like, finally have like (laughs) live up to our role as regional rival rather than just relegated to like afterthought in Southern California. And yeah, every game has been like a world series game where everyone's just throwing everything they can into it. Everyone's trying hard. No one's, no one's dogging it. Mm -hmm. Um, And like the fact that the Padres have like dominated really like that first series, first series and a half they're like oh it's it's back and forth back and forth and then they've just kind of really almost like turned on the gas and just like we are using this this <laughs> dodger hate to power <laughs> us over over that i will say like um i went to a, a the padres dodgers game i went to was in in san diego and it was a monday it was the day after father's day um and it was sold out as far as i could tell there were like it was pretty full the whole time um certainly filled up more towards the middle of the game, but yeah, there, there was actually sort of a surprising amount of Dodgers fans Hmm. down there. I, it was like probably 75, 25 or something like that. In certain sections, it was like 
60-40, which was a little disconcerting. So yeah. <laughs> you'd see some Dodger hit a home run, and then I hear cheers like, "What's what's going on?" Over here? <laughs> the team, uh, but yeah, it was it was great. Like the atmosphere was like very buzzing. Everyone was definitely paying attention, and like we have such a stellar lineup that like no one's just like, "Oh, here's the back end or the lineup we can like take a." you know, go, go get a beer or something like that. It was definitely like everyone was locked in everyone. There was like a real palpable energy there with that when anything happened, everyone was just coming alive that I, you know, haven't seen since the late eight, late nineties, um, you know, in, in a different stadium even. Mm-hmm. Cause like Petco is, is such a beautiful stadium overall looking, look has a great look of downtown San Diego. Um, but it's like mostly a pretty chill stadium. Like everyone's, you know, I've, I've gone there when they've been bad and they've, you know, just like, it's a really fun evening, um, to, you know, get some air and, and see some baseball in the background. But like, this was actually, you could feel the energy much more than you have in years. Nice. Yeah. I, I know that the Dodgers have kind of taken over the park in past years and the Padres have been bad and, you know, it's only two hours away. So they get a yeah. big group of fans to drive down. Right. Is there a sense this year that, okay, we're just not letting you do that regardless of what's going on in the field at this point? Um, I probably like the, um, I would love, I actually, I need to, I need to go to a Padres game game at Dodger stadium. I've been to one game at Dodger stadium this year, but it wasn't when the Padres were playing. I'm going to play like the Cubs or something or no, it was the Rockies. Um, and like, I would love to see the proportion relative. Cause like, obviously it goes both ways. We can drive up the five as easily right. as they can drive down. Um, and, but unfortunately, like it, this is also speaks to it. Like the, the Padres Dodgers games in LA are like prohibitively expensive. <laughs> like you, you can't even get in the cheap seats for like less than 80 bucks mm-hmm. on, on the weekends anyway. Um, so like, I'm looking at like end of season weekday games um, for like 50 bucks to get into the rafters and like I'll, I'll get a better assessment then. But yeah, I think that like, there's so much more like pride in this team specifically that like, I see a lot more people in with like Jersey. Cause I've had a, a Tony Gwynn Jersey for years that I wear to games um, and like old school hats and everything like more now, but like there's people with like actual like current players <laughs> That, <laughs> that are on the team you know it's not like you know like you have a jake pv jersey or anything like that um so like you, you know and even like you know a cronenworth like a fourth or fifth player on the padres is getting represented like of current uniforms current modified i've seen some really great um i saw some ponchos that they sell at like the swap meets in san diego that people were wearing they're just like clearly decorated with people who are have got in the last year they're real pumped about this team mm. <clears throat> so i feel like they're the fact that we're competing is and like and that this team is one over like pretty much every baseball fan in the world but especially in san diego i think there is a lot more like this is our home element to it no one was like getting in fights and anything uh that i could see anyway other than that one guy who punched the rockies fan <laughs> um but yeah, like it, overall, it was like a good environment, but still very like hometown. Like we're we're proud of this team. Nice. Yeah, I like that. There are stages of like jersey buying that show just how much a team has arrived. Where, mm-hmm. as you say, once you start getting current players, there's that kind of step up of okay, that means we've got everybody acknowledges there are guys right now that we want to see, and then there's that next level of like the the I guess hardcore baseball fans who want to go like 
a step deeper than just, you know, the Fernando Tatis or the Machados that everybody mm -hmm. knows. And yeah, you can't pick a better choice than Cronenworth, who is not a well-known name by any means. But if you understand about diversifying a lineup and bringing a skill set that's really not seen a lot in terms of contact in today's game, you can't do better than Jake Cronenworth. Yeah, just it for the cycle. Yeah. Third, third Padre ever. Nice. Third pot, third cycle, first no hitter. I mean, this is yeah. Oh yeah, this historic season already, which is great. Um, I and even if like I mean, you know, no one, nothing's a lock, of course. It, and it's also very frustrating that this is the best team I've ex, you know experienced in twenty years, and they're in third place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're at a point where at least it's okay to be in third place. Like the, yeah. when the Cubs took the step up in 2015. Uh -huh. uh, that was a third place team that made the playoffs and then won the first game wild card and then beat the Cardinals in the first round. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you're certainly in a fortunate time where, I mean, the Padres are clearly at worst, the third best team in the league, probably the second or even the first, right. Uh, they are going to make the playoffs, but you're going to have at least a decent shot at that stupid crapshoot one game playoff. And uh, I know that'd be so no frustrating if they yeah. <laughs> like get knocked out on some random bad game. I mean, that's if the season ended now, you would have a Dodgers Padres one gamer, which would be amazing but yeah. going up against Walker Bueller. And then who else knows is coming out of that bullpen behind him. Maybe Kershaw. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. You don't want to face their entire bullpen. Yeah. Of, yeah, of, uh, I mean, you'll take that obviously over the past what two decades. So exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, and that's so that, that's another thing about the standings right now. Do you feel like the Giants are a little bit kind of usurping kind of everybody's momentum a little bit here? It's it's amazing that what they've been able to do for the first half of the season. I know it is. I, like the only thing that is um, that makes me feel better is they're not an exciting team. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if like come playoff time, they're going to be able to match the intensity of any of these like better lineups. Like obviously, a, you know, you want a bunch of aces in your, in your rotation. Like that's a <laughs> big leg up, but I feel like with, you know, those big, who knows if they, that they can sustain through the stretch run and also into the playoffs when it's, when it might matter, like who know you know, it's it, I'm not that worried about it yet is my point. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, even though obviously they're in first and they're, a, you know, very, very good team and underrated of course, but I'm not as worried about them as I am the Dodgers. Yeah. And, and yeah, you should be, cause you would figure over the 162, the Dodgers, eventually that depth is going to win out, but the giants are sneaky good in areas where people don't realize just how good they are. Mm -hmm. Like, as you say, they, they don't scare you with their lineup, but that is a team that is built on just raw power. They're, I checked this the other day. They are, I think, close to third or second in the league in home runs, like total, which you, you oh, don't really? expect. Out of yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed. But, uh, but yeah, they, they're just one guy after another. They're, they're, their offense is built on the home run, and they've got that starting pitching that is so much better than anybody anticipated. So it's, right. I, I think... That's partly why they're doing so well is, is you don't think going into a series with them that they've got all this firepower, but they've brought it so far and you got to, got to tip your hat for that. I mean, that is like a, a, you know, very good strategy in this, in the modern era of like, just like incredible pitching and then a few guys that can hit home runs because mm -hmm. that's like where everyone's going anyway. The contact hitter is a, is a very rare commodity. Right. Right. I mean, and the Padres, as we said, have got one of the best in Cronenworth. And yeah. honestly, what you just described is pretty much how the Padres built their offseason with mm. great uh, and deep pitching, especially when it comes to that bullpen. And then just the power 
pretty much one through eight in that lineup. You've got you've got one threat after another. So and what's turned out as the season's gone on is that they've got the great bullpen. They've got a really great ace in you, Darvish. And the one area they're lacking, unfortunately, is any starter kind of behind him. They're kind of still yeah. searching for that. Yeah, they like injuries have really like, I mean, they, they were coming, planning on coming into this season with a bunch of, you know, good starting pitching, but it hasn't, uh, you know, as, as always tends to happen to this t- uh, team, at least like, it's like, oh, we've got some good player. Oh, they're injured for a season <laughs> or two. Like, you know, it, it's, um, you know, it's unfortunate. And like, I, they are saying that there was rumors that they were willing, willing to go over the luxury tax before the trade deadline. And I'm assuming they're just targeting starting pitching. So like, hopefully they'll be able to fill those holes, but yeah, it's, it's been inconsistent and like, you know, Lamett may or may not come back in a uh, support role rather than starting, depending on how he rehabs. So yeah, like I mean, I have I have been impressed with the overall depth of the Padres in general. Like their lineup's been—I mean, like Caratini's filled in for Nola really well. Right. Um, so like I, every every position other than pitcher, I feel like we ha- are starting pitching. We have like this incredible depth. And, but like, obviously you're going to need that. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things where it's like, I hope they can find someone, but I'm also not like banking. And I, I don't want them to like necessarily throw their entire hope behind like just one acquisition that would, you know, turn the corner, but you know, who knows? I've been wrong before. Yeah. You mentioned um, that ownership is thinking of going over the luxury tax at the trade deadline. And, and I asked this in all sincerity and earnestness as a Chicagoan, what's that like? <laughs> I mean, like I've never even heard of that in, in <laughs> since I've heard of the luxury taxes. Like, uh-huh. well, certainly not the, the Padres will never go over that. That's, that's like not a thing we have to worry about. But then once they started spending and they have like this momentum and they, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I we'll see if it happens. Like, I don't want to jinx it. Like I'm, I'd definitely certainly be happy if they did. Cause it just shows their commitment to trying to build a winner. Um, but yeah, who, who knows? I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's definitely a weird feeling having a team <laughs> that I've so that I've known for so long to be underspending, to be overspending. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. it's, such, it's a, a competitive advantage in modern baseball too, with so many owners pulling back right. the reins and, trying everything they can to keep under that, that tax threshold. And yeah, it, it, you look at what Padres ownership has done, like even before any trade deadline moves they might make, when you think about the Hosmer contract and then on top of that, the Machado and mm-hmm. then the Tatis, the giant extension for him. Yeah. That go, if that's what's happening in San Diego, any other owner, especially Tom Ricketts, who tells you that, no, I guess we can't afford to extend any of our big three. I mean, go fuck yourselves, honestly, at that point. Yeah, come on. Yeah, if if San Diego can do it, I mean, and we were talking right before we started recording. You you'd made reference to those early '90s teams, the Padres. If I remember right, were like one of those original teams to like completely dump the roster when they got rid of like McGriff and Sheffield after that incredible mm-hmm. year that they were having. Uh, right, and to kind of twenty five, thirty years down the road, finally see an ownership group that says, "Nah, it doesn't matter that we're in San Diego. We're we're going to spend what it takes to win. It's got to be like." such a freeing sense you know yeah i i I do wonder like obviously they they, if the timing has worked out with like the talent acquisition to like have a a window that's now opening hopefully for a long time you know i always you know 
I was a praying man. I'd have probably an altar to Tatis's <laughs> shoulder. Yeah. But um, yeah, like to have like these, you know, that, that spending spree that started with Hosmer, who's like, you know, come on more recently, but like has been a up and down season for sure. Um, so like it just kind of opened like as soon as the Chargers left and and San Diego realized they had a monopoly over sports in the city, they really like invested heavily. So as much as I, you know, hate that the Chargers left, I, I kind of think the timing is not, is not a coincidence <laughs> that they decided to just pour on money to like get a more loyal fan base that comes out to games that like is willing to tune in like that, that people are now nationally tuning in, like all this stuff that, you know, the investment I feel like has paid off and hopefully <clears throat> it continues that they don't, I don't think, I think they're way too committed to this team to like dump anyone, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, a welcome uh, addition to having a owner that can s- splash some uh, cash around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's a very good point that now when you have a team that is this exciting and one of the talks of baseball in a city where they, where they are the only major league team in town, like that almost kind of doubles the impact of, it's not just a matter of civic pride. Like this is our sole major league representation and they are this good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's going to get every, like everybody, like even the casual fans should get on board with that at this point, you'd assume. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, like for the first couple of years when I'd visit San Diego, like I'd still see some chargers hats and whatever around some jerseys and stuff. And like, I'm not seeing as many obviously, mm-hmm. but like I'm seeing so many more Padres, so much more Padres gear. That's, that's really, that's, that's great business. That's, that's great marketing. And, and also like, I mean, changing the uniforms again, like the Browns, yeah. like that's, the, it's a new uniform to buy and with new players to buy for because they are good and they are easy to root for. So yeah, like a, smart business decisions um, that are, are contributed to a very good competitive team. And I, I applaud them for it. Yeah. It's um, and uh Kind of getting back to on the field for a second, um, mm. Mark Melanson at, at the end mm. of your bullpen is kind of the very classic archetype of the effective but not dominant shutdown closer. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's enough to get you through a postseason? I mean, I don't want to jinx it. I mean, like I, I, you know, I liked when we had Kirby Yates. He was he was um, good, but then again, injuries and then trades and stuff like that. Like it, it just. Um, I, you know, I'd want someone who's a little more dominant. They, they were talking about maybe bringing Lamont into close, like just because hmm. he can't necessarily. Right. Oh, that would be great. Ending at a time. And like, that would be like a good bandaid for like everyone. It's just like, oh, this is a, another option. If we, if we can't have him as a starter, maybe we can have him as a closer until he's fully back. The, the Denelson Lamont slider at max effort for one inning, like that seems like it would be just about unhittable. Right. Yeah. And like, that's, that's like the advantage we have is even though when he is injured is like, you know, we can deal that from the bullpen as, as a, if we really need to. So we have those options. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I, I am not, you know, like, I'm glad we have him. He's like very, he's an, you know, all-star he's a solid. Yeah. He's, he's all the things you would, potentially need but like he doesn't excite you the way that so many like he doesn't he's not a swag chain guy right as, <laughs> how i'll put it like, i would i would love to have someone earning that swag chain just with like more personality <laughs> in addition to just being a dominant closer 
So what you're telling me is he's no Daniel Camarena? <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Secret bench oh. weapon. I like I I've I've caught so many like uh this year specifically because we've been locked in, I've been working from home a lot. I've been like doing a lot of mindless work that I'll just throw a Padres game on and I'll like out of nowhere catch these amazing games where they're like coming back from insane deficits, which I've never seen in so many years. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, the Padres are always in every game, no matter how many runs down. And that one I did not catch and I'm so bummed. Ah. Oh, it's like, what, what a what what a game that would have been yeah just randomly you know watch even on tv if not in the stadium but like yeah the, the when our random like that it's a good omen for the season that our like the first hit of a relief random relief pitcher middle relief guy is a grand slam that sparks this rally yes. coming back from an 8-0 deficit off of max scherzer no less oh yeah, yeah. Three-time Cy Young, first ballot Hall of Famer Max Scherzer giving up a grand slam to a middle reliever. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and you can tell, like, it's a genuine moment. Uh, and I'm not breaking any news here. When yeah. the color man on the telecast just starts going, oh, my God, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was such a shocking, exciting moment. And, like, I've watched that replay, like, 20 times. Yeah. And like like that, that's one that's going to live for decades after that. It's, it, yeah. it's, it's such an incredible baseball moment. Uh, mm-hmm. And I guess final question on the subject of great baseball moments. What is your favorite Fernando Tatis Jr. moment of this year? I mean, I mean, it has to be that. There's a lot. I've stumped you and that's, that's perfectly acceptable. I'm going to go with the, the three home run game. Nice. Like yeah. the, the two in the one inning was great, <laughs> but I guess the three, cause like, that was like, he got up, like there was a chance for him to hit like five home runs one game. <laughs> and it was just like, he was just coming back. He like, he was kind of coming out of this, of, of a skid, like in the, for the team in general. And like, I don't know where he's just like, Oh, and, uh, I was a few game uh, home runs back in the home run race. Now I'm uh, up at the lead. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> I mean, five innings later. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, Oh yeah, here, here's <laughs> yeah. By the fifth inning, he had three home runs. <laughs> and that defines his year that you have to turn over in your mind. Yeah. Do I prefer the two homer inning or the three homer game or right. Yeah. Just what a player. And as you said, doing all this recovering from an injured shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the scary thing that you keep in the back of your mind. It's like, he's doing this, not at necessarily 100%. Yeah. Cause he came back. If I'm remembering right, correct me if I'm wrong from the shoulder injury, for one of the Dodgers series mm-hmm. yeah, I remember watching him taking, taking swings and you could hear like the announcers holding their breath as he went kind of max effort torque on each one, just thinking, Oh God, is it going to stay together? And yeah. he's going to be one of the leaders for MVP this year with, with all that. It's just yeah. sounding. Yeah. I think he actually hit a home run in the game that I went to. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. And like, and it was like one of his first games back against, you know, like one of his two, I think he's sat, he's been on the IL like two times this season, beginning mm-hmm. early like for a ton of games. But then yeah, he was gone for like a few games and then came back on the game that I was at and he hit a, hit a, hit a home run. I was like, okay, yeah, it feels good. <laughs> I'm a little nervous for him, but I am so happy to have been able to witness his greatness live. Oh, yeah. yeah, like this this is somebody who's so special and is so talented at, at everything you can do. It's it's that really that once in a generation player that's worth that $150 million extension that they gave him every penny of it. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. He's already returned the investment (laughs) that we put into him in in such a fun way. 
Yeah, he homered at uh, the Padres game I went to at Wrigley this year. Uh, and it was an opposite field shot that easily went about 415 at, at least. And just wow. the entire reaction to the ballpark was, oh, yeah, okay, sure, he'll do that, move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you have anything to plug while I still have you here, Jono? Um, I guess I will. I mean, I'm going to be on the road again for the first time in 18 months. So okay. I got you have listeners around the country. I'll be in, uh, let's see, coming up Asheville, North Carolina, Atlanta, Bristol, Tennessee, Knoxville, Birmingham. And then uh, this fall, I'll be in Boston and New York. Nice. Um, I'll be in the upper Rockies. I'll be in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho and Missoula, Montana. So yeah, go to johnozalay.com. I have all my um, dates posted there. And then San Diego and LA, of course, I'm there frequently. I'll, I'm going to the game, uh, Potter's game, August 1st. Um, they're, they have a real cool, um, night where like, they have a lot of, uh, heritage nights where mm-hmm. like they give you hats if you wanted to, like, you know, like there's a Greek hat and a Portuguese hat, like that has some symbology on them. And like, there's one randomly that you could get for, um, Bruce Lee. <laughs> so like, there's just a Padres hat with like Bruce Lee doing, a like flying kick. Okay. As the logo, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to go get that hat. Native San Diegan, Bruce Lee. Yes, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know why he has anything to do with Padres, <laughs> but I'm going to get a Bruce Lee Padres hat, and then it's going to be my awesome. favorite. Uh, on the subject of Heritage Nights, uh, did you see the San Francisco Giants pride hats from back in early June where they took the, uh, the SF logo and did uh, the Progress Pride flag rainbow colors on it? Mm, I did not. Was it cool? It is gorgeous. Like, I, even just seeing them on TV, you go, that is, like, I have no emotional connection at all to the Giants, and I totally wanted one. It, it, is, it is the kind of thing you look at and go, like, that fills me with pride from 2,000 miles away. So Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm hoping that catches on, like, for every baseball team, like, to yeah. see Pride SD later, and certainly a Pride Chicago Cubs C oh, yeah. at some point. I, I, I do love, like, especially, like, as ugly as they sometimes can be, like the, the Father's Day one, where it's like a blue uh, emblem or whatever, like, those, like, that looks hideous with the brown. Brown yes. and blue does not go. But, like, there are a lot of really cool random combinations for, like, special events or, like, the pink ones and stuff for breast cancer. I, I don't know exactly. But, yeah, all the, all the cool hats, I love what they're doing with them uh, in general. So, yeah. So I love- the, the, the powder blue and brown is like the total dad wardrobe combination hat. So in a way, it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, John Ozelay, sir, spin the oh, spike chain. This has been a delight, as always. Yeah.